You're listening to the Frame 100 Podcast, a show by Brick Filmers for Brick Filmers. And welcome to the Frame 100 Podcast, the show recommended by 9 out of 10 parrots in a trash can. You're listening to episode 11 of the show. I'm Chris, known as Gold Brick Productions, here with Trevor, aka Suited Engineered Studios. Hey, how's it going? Marcus, a.k.a. Brick Hat Studios. Hello there. And the ghosts of Jared, a.k.a. Dude Brick, and Sam, a.k.a. Locker74. Gone but not forgotten. Ah, they're just on break right now. This, this is the part where I play a fanfare on my trumpet, but I, I don't know how to play the trumpet, so I can't exactly, you know, Wait, since do when that. do you play trumpet? Uh, I just said I don't. <laughs> I, I... Fun fact, Why? Marcus did play Anyways. trumpet for like six months. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Marcus, where's our fanfare? Uh, I can't do this it because I actually have wheezing, we keep so that's here. why I quit trumpet. Oh my god. We're off to a great start today. That's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, gentlemen, up until we derailed like five seconds ago, how is it, how is your evening going? It's been fine, I guess. I haven't done much today. Just getting is this Is this your first, first podcast ever since like you're getting back from like school and things like that? Well, so, yeah, I'm, I, for those who don't know, yes, I'm a film student, so I have returned back to campus in these very weird and strange times that we're currently living in, but... Well, that's very fun. interesting and all, but what we're really all wondering is, who was the closest to guessing the plot of A Deal to Die For? Oh, yes. Oh, last, yo, this I gotta know, yes. Last week's episode <laughs> was... Uh... <laughs> also, also known... <laughs> As Trev quotes, or I'm quoting Trev, the worst mm-hmm. episode so far. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the best episode. I think it was I hate, pretty good. I hated I that it. episode. Nothing's going to top the Indiana Jones episode. Come on. You're kidding yourself. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I can't say. Who was closest, Trev? I can't say that uh, that episode can, can you just say one of us at Trev, least was close? Who was close? Did anybody was one of us close? It, was anybody even close? I guess Chris was kind of close. <gasps> no! A lot of aspects. <laughs> a lot of aspects of what you guessed were very off, but the core idea yeah, was definitely a lot more online with I think what you'll end up seeing. But again, according to canon, according to the A Deal to Die For cinematic universe, there is no I cinematic wrote universe. The sequel. <laughs> Oh well, uh, Nick Douglas on Twitter has a question about brick film universes. Oh yeah, that's not for the best segue ever. I, I like the best that. segue since Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> Anyways, we got at Nick A Douglas on Twitter who says hashtag Frame One Hundred Podcast. What worlds and brick films do you like best? For example, I really like the worlds of The Front, Mini Life TV, Rigo Falu, and many more. Hmm. It's an interesting question because I can't think of a whole ton of brick film worlds per se, but I feel like every brick film kind of has its own world, mm-hmm. whether or not it's explored in multiple videos or not. Like, like does he mean like? I guess it's like a series, right? Because those are types of series too. Yeah, it would probably in have a to be. Sense, yeah, it would have to be something where more than one episode takes place in that. Uh, or more than one video takes place in that location, and I, I guess the location would also have to be named as well, because like I know, my unluckiest life takes place in. I'm blanking now on the name of the city that they that they that Alex and Percy live in, but it does take place in I like a city. I think he said something on Twitter about it being Tetroville. No, that's actually that's that's, that's a different that that's that's the world of uh, ripped away actually. So that that's a better example is ripped away. Like there's you uh, there's Tetraville. Um ripped away to confirm. No, oh my god. Um, but like yeah, like Alex and Percy. Hey, they, this is they, a different joke this time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Alex and Percy. They live in like their own city. Um, but I don't. I, I'm blanking now on what I called it too, and I don't have any of the reference sheets on me that refer to that but like once that ends up being revealed you'll kind of end up seeing like okay like all this stuff that's these different locations that they're at take place all in this like one connected city um so to reiterate yeah i guess the criteria would have to be like it would have to be more than one video uh of a certain look well i guess it wouldn't have to be more than one video because tetraville um 
It has to be like named, and you have to like kind of see a bit more of the location. Yeah. Other I than think just the like implication here is that it's a location that shows up in multiple films. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, I would say it's David Pagano's Space Place World. Mm. It's very different from Lego's concept art, and uh, from what we saw at the panel back in Brick Fair, I love how he just filled in all the blanks. Lego basically gave him a blank canvas and said, "Hey, here are the sets." Just make sure that none of the aliens that you put in this world are cooler than the aliens are actually selling. Which was kind of a funny <laughs> selling point. But I love the way he pulled all together. And I especially love how they're all small models. They basically just comp together to make this big spaceport. I'm, pro- I'm going to say this on many more podcasts to come. I love the world building in that series. It's so like minute and granular, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. I tried to imitate that many times as a kid. What about you, Marcus? Because I, I, I realize I'm still thinking here. <laughs> um, I guess I have like two in terms of worlds. So the first one that came into my mind was uh, Galactic Smugglers. Ah, yes. Ooh, that is yeah, yeah, because like, I really enjoy the like space exploration as a kid. Unfortunately, I haven't seen the couple of latest episodes. I, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> But um, no, I I enjoy the, what do you call it? Like the free aspect of, of course, like I said earlier, world exploration. Because you can go with so many rounds. You can like expand on the story plot line of that. Like, yeah, you can come up with so many different types of planets. Like a fiery planet, ice planet, desert, planet full of cats or whatever. I'm not sure if I'm giving... (laughs) The four Next monkeys, episode, any ideas? Yes. <laughs> but I think, honestly, like, the last time I watched Galactic Smugglers, I don't know if it was episode six or seven, but it's when, like, I think the main character's brother, I'm, I forgot his name, I'm so sorry, uh, his brother, like, was teleported? And that was, like, the last time I saw the show. Uh, Marcus, are you even a real fan? Yeah, exactly. Am I even a real fan? Because, like, like I said, the last time I watched it was, like, fan? way back then. But, okay, well now it's time for me to confess that I haven't watched a lot of Galactic Smugglers either. I, I but what I've been wanting to do though, because I thought this would be fun, I thought about watching them all like in a marathon and doing like a little react series video to it. Yeah. And I've watched the entire thing because I, I have the memory of a small marsupial. It's not very helpful. And so I thought about just doing like a react video and post it up on GVP just for fun. I don't know. That'd be, yeah, that would be neat. I like that. <laughs> Like I agree, that's one thing about space exploration and in movies. I think is awesome, but it's also something that kind of drives me nuts. It's a little bit of a tangent, but I, th- I think Star Wars really popularized this concept. But p- single biome planets. This yeah. is going to be a little bit of a yes. weird tangent. Like virtually every pl- uh, planet in Star Wars has a singular biome, or like ninety percent of it is one biome. Mm-hmm. Like Tatooine's a desert planet. Uh, Dagobah is the jungle planet. Hoth is the snow planet. When in reality, a planet that could sustain life would have multiple different biomes and ecosystems. Even planets like Mars, we're still trying to figure out if Mars even hosts life at all, but it has different biomes. Canyons, mountains, plains, ice caps. That's just four of them. Look at Earth, which is really the only planet we know of so far that we have 100% confirmed has life on it. Sadly. Intelligent life remains to be decided. But the point <laughs> being, we have tons of different biomes and biodiversity. And while I think it's a fun idea for Star Wars and that it makes plants very distinct, I've yet to see a good sci-fi series that shows a system of planets where they're all very biodiverse and have a ton of biomes. And even my favorite movie, Interstellar, is kind of criminal because you have the water planet, you have the ice planet, and then you have the planet where the dead astronaut is. Like, ah, so close yet so I still far. have many things to say about that ending of the movie. <laughs> Do I sense a sparring match? No, 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 no. I, I just have one issue with the ending, but we will get that into a later topic between us two. Well, I feel like this has to happen this episode because I finally got Trev to watch Interstellar. Really? I mean, the last <laughs> time I watched it was like yeah. way back in high school, so... I just, I just, I just didn't like the ending. That's just me. It was just like, kind of felt out in the open. Oh, there's blood in the water now. There was like no closure. (laughs) There was blood in the water, Marcus. 
Marcus has, him the shark Marcus, in this has, uh, Marcus has Marcus is digging himself a hole too. in this episode so far. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Star Wars and Jared. Chris and Interstellar. This is the level of unbridled enthusiasm I have for this movie. Mm. And if you have seen Dude Prick's Twitter, you know he takes it pretty darn seriously. <laughs> this is true. Very true. It's yeah. actually quite scary, honestly. <laughs> um. Yes, I guess for... No, we gotta go into this, man. Fire away. I, I, I want to hear this. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, that's it. Like, I think it was like... But he, like, he, the, the dude, after, like, okay, spoiler alerts, after his daughter dies as a grandma and crap like that, like, he goes off to find the other girl on the other planet, right? Or something like that? Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he goes after astronaut brand. Yeah, no, that, that's really it. That's, that's the only problem I had, that ending. It was like, he, he just goes, finds, tries to find that girl. I, I don't, is there going to be Interstellar 2? What? <laughs> No. That's it. I'm just like okay, okay. No lie. This is a little bit underwhelming, but I feel like I may have built it up to be a bigger thing than it actually was. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. I don't think there's any bl- oh, need shoot. for blood, but yeah. I mean, Interstellar two would be cool, and that is one thing though I'd like about a lot of Nolan's movies. He does leave the opening kind, of, sort of any kind of like open ish. Mm-hmm. Like there's maybe room to explore, but he still cuts it off. Like like Inception. Like you you both have seen Inception, right? Yes. Oh, uh, and that. The ending nope. of that film is incredibly uh, oh, polarizing. Me. <laughs> of course, of course, I you told you, well, Chris. I will. Yeah. This is like my only bragging right. I am a filmmaker who does not watch films. Well, that is so. True, yeah. So am I, but I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't. You, I don't you've watched more films than I have, that, Trev. You, you've watched right. Into the Spider Verse oh. at least a hundred times already. Yeah. Yes. You probably like if I literally like. Threatening your life, you could probably draw every frame from that movie. No, I couldn't because I'm not great. Just to yeah, say, you, you, fo- you follow a Twitter account called Every Frame of Spider Verse. Yeah, there you go. I do. I know because you like every frame of Spider Verse. Not every single one. I could do every single one if you wanted me to. Oh, I'm sorry. You skipped one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one smear frame. Yeah, just went right past you on the Twitter feed. But it was so cool. Anyways, you like it. Anyways, I mean, and my, my point was going to be until I realized that one of us here is not seen Inception. There's still an ongoing debate about the ending. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, film Twitter has about a thousand different things that they argue about now. But one thing I deliberately like about Inception is that it very clearly sets up, I guess, a mini debate about how the movie actually ends. Which yeah, I think is very interesting. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's an that's interesting it's an interesting feat to be able to make something that's like not definably concrete, especially the ending to a film, because like the whole point of an ending of a film is supposed to be closure, um, and you don't get that at all. These are very good bizarre. film film story building tips, by the way. Here, yeah, we're we're spitting knowledge about uh, yeah. that stuff. I don't know if closure is necessarily the right word for it. Well, it's a impact. Ev- everything is supposed to fall into yeah. the place it's supposed to be in. Like it, you know. Traditionally, movies don't really leave you guessing uh, with how the ending's supposed to be interpreted. Like it's usually a very concrete. Like okay, all this, all the characters, they've survived their adventure, or their journey, or whatever. And or like the main conflict has been resolved. Yeah, everything's been resolved. Okay, and that things I can get settled. Behind, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, the way that Nolan is able to, Nolan in particular is able to subvert that and just kind of, um, keep you guessing after the, the credits have rolled. Like, like maybe it's a new impressive. conflict is like, why would you do this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to introduce an entirely new concept at the end. Oh no. I feel that's, like that's just that's, that's a horrible Speeches, idea. Speeches, movies, podcasts, anything really. <laughs> Frame 100. But at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we end a Frame 100 episode and you say, oh yeah, and Here's some news about, you know, the next Bob and Randy sequel. You'd probably be all, why did they end right there? I hate them. I'm going to unsubscribe and burn down Chris's house. <laughs> like, at the, same, at the same time, you can leave an ending a little bit unresolved and keep the audience wondering. But I think I agree with you, Marcus. You do have to resolve the main conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which oh, which Interstellar did, but they kind of... Yeah. Introduce something kind of new. It too open ended. Well, like the Lego Movie does that, you know. It and then that's where the second one takes right off from where the first yeah, one gotta, ended. Yeah, gotta milk money. Hello. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I think that's... Like, remember that... I guess it's still kind of an ongoing trend in some circles. Remember when they had a whole bunch of different, like, YA adult movies, like Hunger Games, Divergent, and all that crap? Mm-hmm. And they would split the last movie into two. Which was I feel like that is the perfect thing. crime. It is like, the perfect crime. The third movie was always a crime against humanity because you don't resolve the plot in your one movie. Exactly. I can't remember who I heard complaining about this, but they basically said the fact that Hunger Games Part 3 episode three return of the Katniss or whatever the crap it is <laughs> ends at a completely nonsensical place and starts up again just to take money away from you know small teenage peoples like what's the point there's no narrative purpose it's simply just to take your money yeah i mean there, well i guess that could be said about the hobbit as well splitting a single book up into three different films um I haven't seen it, but definitely, like from what I've heard, it's something where like it was it was drawn out a bit too long. Um, kind of, yeah. Oh man, you got me up against a wall there, though. Because on the one hand, I feel like you could split The Hobbit into three movies, but you have to be very deliberate about it. Yeah, and you have to like it's one thing to Lord of the Rings by making each book into a movie they did cut a lot out there's a whole discussion about tom bombadil and whether or not he was actually worth cutting in the first place oh no but the hobbit it's pretty similar in that it's a very very dense book i feel like if you were to really tap into the dense material you could make it into a trilogy Mm -hmm. but they didn't and that's why everybody got angry yeah yeah i don't know like hunger games there's the movie is about as shallow as like the short end of the kiddie pool. There's no reason to break it up into two movies. <laughs> I skipped the second movie. I watched the third, and I'm like, "Wow, this movie is butt." Ah, oh, just they're, they're, first movie they're, was good. They're not great. I mean, some of them were first okay. Movie isn't others even really that good though. Like, uh, it's funny because one thing I remember about the Hunger Games, it came out when I was in high school, like my sophomore year or something. I remember there were literally kids crying in the hallway because they couldn't get tickets to the opening night with their friends. I thought, is this movie like really that good? And I watched it and I thought it was just the most underwhelming thing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then you had teachers arguing with students about whether or not it was actually a good movie during lunch and whatnot. And I'm sitting here thinking, it was very mediocre at best. Like, Trevor <laughs> and I were joking about this earlier. I said, The Hunger Games is pop politics. It's, it's very shallow and it's the message ends up being, yeah, people kill people bad, but good? Mm. I was about to say something really messed up. Not going to lie. Just don't. Um, If it's that bad, we drag it frame, delete over it, and cut it. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say it. Good. Don't don't even. (laughs) Um, To round this out. Keep us in suspense. To to round this out, um, I guess the, the... I have two picks as well. I didn't say um, my second pick, but go ahead. Oh, say your second then. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, I enjoy... Is it Zach's? I think it's Zach's, like... I don't... Man, like... Am I even a brick filmer? Like, like I said <laughs> no, earlier, like not. I'm a filmmaker who doesn't watch films, but am I also a brick filmer who doesn't watch brick films? I mean, see, that's probably. deeper than the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Like, Just like I don't, I don't remember the names of these people anymore. But it's like the one, what's what's like the world for Zach's where he uh, was it like Andy and I, I don't remember. The oh, other Ben dudes. and Andy. Ben and Andy. What's the yeah. other dude's name? Ben and Andy. Yes, Ben and Andy. Yes, that that was hilarious. Yeah. Honestly, I'm... like the best world building that I've seen somewhere out of that episode was the, like, wrecking ball mm-hmm. in the apartment. That was my favorite. Mm-hmm. Let's see, I think that's... that's I believe that's a single um, video. Well, that's where, like, I But, I but is think... it an entire world, though? Yeah. Well, is it a real... Is it really a world, though? Like, not, see, now I'm thinking of Benny and Lee, which is another one of the uh, famous, like, roommate buddy comedies. Mm-hmm. It all takes place mostly within one house, maybe a couple of extra locations. Oh, I'd really? have a really hard time calling it a universe. Yeah. But then again, they imply parallel universes, so <laughs> it's really a toss-up. Exactly. But is it, like, a world also considered how, like, the characters interact with their surroundings, I guess? Like, yeah, the world tells true. about the character? 
I mean, I, I think when we're at least yeah. the the way the question was posed, I think it's more in a sense of like, yeah, this is a oh, like world this building. Is, this is an thing. area that's lived in by multiple other people. There's like a society oh, built around really. it, or at least like, you know, we we see like multiple different peoples uh, and their happenings within this location. Um, uh. I feel like dedicated world would be a good way to pose it. That's probably like, a better way to put it. Any brick film technically has a world. Like mm-hmm. I think of a. Uh, was it Rio's joke entry for the Shaq com promise? Technically, that's a world, but we know he wasn't intending to actually make anything serious. Mm-hmm. But then you look at, say, you know, I'll use my example because no one's used it yet and I feel left out. Bob Good. and Granny certainly has a very deliberate universe built around it, and I'm planning to do a whole lot more with that. And episode six is in the works, and I keep forgetting to send the Star Wars studio the script fragments. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very dedicated attempt at building a world. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. I know. Okay, then. maybe that's how I define the question. Nick's probably listening right now, thinking, "No, you idiots! That's not what I meant." <laughs> but let's just run with it and see what happens. All right, well, Kev, what's your pick? Okay, so for my two, um, one of them, I guess, is it kind of counts. It's not like original necessarily, um, but it would be uh, Las Vegas from all of Alexander Studios's films. Um, because it's mm. oh it's, my it is, god, you're right. I yeah, forgot about him. Uh, it's very deliberately would, based. It does count. It's very deliberately based on a an actual location, but there's so much nuance in, and it's incredibly impressive just how massive he's able to build his set pieces um for that world because everything mm. is literally everything is entirely connected to one another, um, because effectively there's just a whole entire city layout that he has. Um, he hasn't, and everything is years. kind of built well, around that. Um, and it's just again, like the scale of it is, it's really impressive. Uh, and then I guess my my second pick here would be um, the. It was one of the ones mentioned in the question we were posed. Uh, Legando from the world of the world of Mini Life TV, um, yes. just because I, I think that's one of the most fleshed out universes to. Uh, be a part of like a brick film series just because you're you're seeing just so many different locations throughout the whole entire series you know not only do you have um ian and chris's house um which in itself i think is its own little world like a self-contained world just because of the, all the different um little areas to it and then on top of that you've also got uh like the the, the martial arts arena and then you've got the mayor's office and the Mini Life TV studios uh, and just all these other locations that all are, feel very seamlessly put together, you know, like a sitcom regularly would. Uh, and it's very impressive. I think what really helps is that they add a whole bunch of other elements. There's the kind of spookier element with all the snowball story stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've hinted at different uh, planets and dimensions. And I think that's what really helps flush it out. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, to me, it would feel like just a bunch of set pieces and all just happen to be the same area. But Chris and Ian have made very deliberate attempts to describe something just outside of simply Legondo itself. Exactly. Like, Legondo has a lot of depth to it. And of course, when you say Legondo, the theme song starts playing in my head. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are or who you want to be, you're all welcome here at Mini Life TV. TV. No, I, I thought we were doing it the crescendo at the end. All get out. <laughs> I was thinking first verse, but it's catchy. Like, exactly. <laughs> I've been meaning you to go back and rewatch it some point soon. I've been meaning to go back and rewatch it some point soon. And I think that I might just have to do that sooner rather than later. Go for it. All right, we want to tackle the next question here? Yeah, let's do it. Cool, cool. So, our dude Josh Nelson over on Twitter says, hashtag frame 100. If you had to choose one brick film to watch on the big screen, what would it be? You can Keep cut out the second part. You, you, don't, you don't have to released. talk about the second part. You don't have to talk about the second part. Don't. don't have to, Sorry, Trevor. Don't have to talk about the second part. Um, Too late. To answer your question. <laughs> um, see, what I think is funny about this question, it implies that Trevor has released no brick films at all. It's oh! not funny. It's not. Oh, um, dang. Yeah. I mean, it, when when is uh, Batman's Frosty fight coming out? Uh, if I were to answer this question, I guess what I would have to say 
uh, as my answer. <laughs> this is, I hate you guys. Um, I don't know. Like, I would now see, like, would I want to be one of those people who watches something that's, like, very short and sweet, and just because of the visuals, I would want to see it up on the big screen? Or is it something where, like, it feels like a cinematic experience because the film is just that long and lengthy and well fleshed out? Um, that's kind of the question, like, the, the, way, the, the way I'm spinning the question there. Um, truth be told, I think I would prefer to go with something that's just... Um, it's as engaging as it possibly can, but it's a bit shorter, sweeter, simpler. Um, and I think for that, I'd have to go with, you know, old, reliable, um, the cleaners. Uh, I, I think that film in particular would just look so good up on the big screen. Um, that's my pick. <laughs> it's a good one. I know. <laughs> what do you think, Marcus? Um, I'm still thinking, actually. Shoot, because I had a good answer, but I'm trying to save mine for last. Oh. So I want to throw something Okay, else okay. I, I mean, I, I sort of have it. Um, it's a, it's quite an old brick film. I don't know if it's old. I mean, I guess it's kind of new. It's recent. It's been, like, maybe two years. I don't know if it's been two years. But, like, the latest, like, Batman series from Force. Mm, yeah. With, like, oh, the invasion of the Jokers, and then the, like, Joker died. Spoiler alert. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I should have said spoiler alert first, but... <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. like, because he, he made it into, like, I think three episodes, but then he made, like, an entire 20-minute, 10-minute yeah, video Yeah, there was, a con- like, a compilation all with together. all of them connected. Mm-hmm. Either that, or I enjoy his Justice League video. I really enjoyed that. That was really cool. Hmm. That would be a good one to watch. Yeah, those are both good picks. See, my my answer is kind of a bit of a cheating one because oh my I God. actually have watched some bit brick films on the big screen. Okay, so That's at Brick true. World uh, Chicago 2018, they had the the film festival there hosted by David Pickett, aka uh, Bricks 101, and I actually did watch quite a few brick films on a projector screen. Granted, it's like one of the smaller ones; it wasn't a dedicated theater area at the convention. But it felt like the same sort of effect. And the, it was really fun. But I wa- recognized a lot of like films that people had made. Chose being one of them. Remember, William Osborne is there as well. I want, I want to say one of Sam's is up there as well. Thing is, though, besides me and David, like, I didn't know any other brick filmers there. They're just casual Lego fans watching. So if I were to do have that again where I'm watching brick films on the big screen... I would rather get together a group of brick filmers, like all my friends who have actually released a you know a film pretty recently that they'd want to show in the big screen, and we'd all just watch them together. Because mm-hmm. you know how it is with Discord and whatnot. You make a film, you spam it on every promotion chat you possibly can to yeah, get exposure. About that. Mm. Yeah, I mean I, I'm totally guilty of that. Like I think it'd be more fun that everybody brings a brick film, we all watch them on a big screen. It'd be a ton of fun. The atmosphere would be great. Brick Plus, Fair I mean, 2021. Brick Fair 2021. Yes, I, sir. I would love to do that. Heck, our Airbnb had like a big projector screen. That would have been kind of cool to try. But uh, we weren't allowed to have guests because of recent palsies. <laughs> but point yeah. being, I think any brick film on the big screen could be fun. But I'd want to be there with the person who made it. Oh, yeah. Because they, they, they'd light up. It's a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's my super sappy sentimental answer. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I you know, know like that's a good one too. <laughs> Captain America, Nazi zombies. That one was a good one. Ooh, that would true. be a good one on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched actually, that so many I, times. I'm remembering now that I actually got to see Torment up on the big screen because I forgot I submitted that to a film festival. Um, and that was one where you it did, was yeah, I remember that. yeah, it was. Did you get a was, nomination for it? I remember. I I won. <laughs> You won? <laughs> yeah, I won the How animation. long ago was that? <laughs> this would have been... I think this is last spring. Um, so it's been a little over a year now. But, like, yeah, I... So, I to answer um, the question, yes, you did get a nomination. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it I'm, like, so It wasn't a nomination on, basis. like, my timeline. Like, basis. am I in the wrong timeline here? You probably Did are. I accidentally, like, time travel? Yeah, you I probably I 2020 are. is just the wrong timeline, period. This is true. Um, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I remember like it was it was very yeah. weird because mine was like one of the only animations shown on that oh. day that they were screening films. I think there was only like one other one and it was like a hybrid live action animation film anyways. Um so like so. it was it, it was very jarring, you know, going from all these live action films to just one with these plastic toys moving around on screen. So- does that mean it's like you are the only one in the competition for the animation category? Well, no, there were definitely some other animation uh, films shown on other days, but I wasn't there for oh. those other days because the, the festival ran over a weekend. So right, right, right. There, there were films being shown at different times that weren't mine. Um, so were you only the only animation one or just the only brick film one? I was the only brick film one as far as I know. Um, maybe that was why I won the animation, like animation category. Animation in general is what I'm wondering. <laughs> Maybe I won it by default. And I don't the winner know. by default is Trevor. I mean, hey, I got paid. I got Did money you get out a cool of it. I got it? money and a cool long plaque out of film. it. So it's long way to film. My unluckiest life, season uh, three, episode nineteen. When is it coming out? By the way, I mean, I'm still wondering when episode six of Bob and you Randy's can, coming. Timestamp. Well, I have a script. How about that? Huh. Oh. Okay. When is uh, uh, your point? Your right point now, is on your point when is, is a, the point is a deal to die for one point five coming out. Actually, that's on my list, but instead of sandwiches this time, it's croissants. Okay, hey, I'm trying to appeal to an international. I, I would, I, I, can, I would do I can a deal to die for for croissants. Here. Okay. You know what, Marcus? Do it. I did buy in seven hours. I bet you can do it in six. Seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> what? Six? Yeah. Are you crazy? That's like. Yeah, I am Super crazy. That's why I made a deal to die for two free sandwiches in only seven hours. That's a what is <laughs> so it? Like it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to exist. That's it just needs. Oh my god! I'm so mm. sorry, Jeff. That that one actually hurts me too. To, I, I could I could debate against that, but I'm not going to because I know we have other <laughs> things to talk yeah. about. Because um, you don't have films that exist. According to Josh of, Nelson, here it has to be one that's already released. Speaking oh. of other questions. Uh, I'm just gonna keep ignoring you until. Uh, you can't I, do it forever, Trev. I can. I will break actually, you. I've done it for two years, so I can continue doing it a lot longer. Uh, Ouch. To to keep moving forward, uh, there's a very interesting topic that I I believe was brought up first uh, by our good friend Rio Force on Twitter, um, being that. Do any non-brick filmers actually take brick films seriously, or is it always just cute toys moving on their own? I'm developing an idea for a broader audience, but the Lego aspect might hurt the project if people aren't able to immerse themselves in the story. As a brick filmer, I've never not taken Lego movies seriously because it's my medium of choice. I can immerse myself in it and see the characters as more than just minifigure toys. What about everyone else? Is it even possible? Uh... It's a really interesting topic. I know. I know a lot of people uh, have been talking about it um, just on other servers, and um, you know, replying to him on Twitter. And I definitely wanted to see the three of us uh, throw our hat in the ring in terms of what we think on the subject. Should, should I, I, I get? Like, I feel my like hat we have different throw opinions. It at the camera. What? Do it, Marcus. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to run upstairs to my room. Don't grab the hat. That's that's too much work. And the fact that you're not the fact that Brick Hat Studios is not currently wearing the hat. You guys, we're gonna talk to the HR about that. Disappointing. I am HR. <laughs> Oof. No. But I think the no, one example that comes God, to mind, no. which is a shame that he's not here, Sam's Ace Brickman series. Because you know, when 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 Ace is saying goodbye to his daughter in the morgue in episode two. The very last thing in my mind was, oh, cute toys moving on the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, that was very far removed. I remember I, I replied to Rio on Twitter. We talked about this a little bit on Discord as well. But my stance is, if you look at it as pluses and minuses, the minus of working with Lego is that Lego is generally seen as a kid's toy. It's, it's a constraint that is probably going to hurt the tone of your film if you're going for something serious. Yes. Which, in my opinion, means you need to double down to everything else. So make sure your lighting is consistent with something that you want serious and moody, you know? Kind of tone down the colors or be very deliberate about your palette so it doesn't look super whimsical. Your story now has to reflect this as well. You know, you can't go around with very mediocre 
child-friendly themes. I'm not saying make everything like, you know, a gory bloodbath, but like be very deliberate about how you present the themes in your story. Uh, music choice as well. Don't do something that's light and upbeat that makes people think, oh, how whimsical. Try to drive, you know, some emotion other than, oh, cute toys. Because my answer is, if, Le if the fact that it's Lego makes it a minus, you have to make everything else a major plus and a hope that they cancel out. Mm -hmm. I think taking that sort of mindset um, to the point where, like, we would be we could apply that to like animation in general i know animation in general is typically looked upon as a more childish form of filmmaking um which baffles me still like it's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. it's something where i i think the reason it's looked into the spider-verse is a good movie it's an amazing movie in fact and uh yes pun intended by the way uh <laughs> Amazing <laughs> oh my god um but yeah oh, like it's wow. it's something where i i feel like animation in general falls into two courts it falls into the court of either yes this is specifically made as kids media there's not a ton of thought being put into it it's just to get families and kids butts and seats or there's the other court being yes this is very explicitly made for adults we're going to swear and curse and have lots of blood and do lots of naughty crap in it because we can because we're rated r there, and it's like there's no there, it's very hard to find an in-between um there's very few films that do find an in-between but as marcus said into the spider-verse very flawlessly falls into both camps um and it's it baffles me because i don't think it's very hard it's something where you just have to find once you get a story down that's emotionally engaging enough um, then you can kind of gauge whether or not you want it to swing one way or the other, but you have to do your best to find a middle ground. Um, again, it, it also depends on the audience you're going for. Um, it depends on like the mood you're going for within the film. There's a lot of factors that fall into it, but it still just, it baffles me that we haven't reached a point where animation is getting regarded as highly as live action. But I do think we're finally, after all this time, starting to take steps in the right direction. Um, I feel like it always has had a fair amount of respect, though. I mean, some people, they're not going to be able to see past the medium. Mm -hmm. I think one good example is someone finding the middle ground is Pixar. I know Orion and I, we've, uh, we've had discussions a lot about this in the past, where he says that he thinks that Pixar should try and go like a darker direction. Like, I, I have Disney Plus, thanks to uh, my mom's password. My mom, <laughs> love you, by the way. <laughs> and I've been watching all the Pixar movies just for the sake of nostalgia, like Toy Story especially. And one thing I found very interesting about Toy Story is that there's a lot of fairly mature themes in there, and a lot of it jokes that only oh, adults will get. That's what I was just like thinking dirty about. Or whatnot, but because they're fairly Have you complex. seen Toy Story 3? Hello, guys? Pete, Pete? Toy Story 3 is savage! Yeah, and, that, and oh, that's... Well, close to the ending. Close that's, to the ending. Exactly. Everybody's seen it. It's been out for at least five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, maybe it's been more out for that. 10. You kind of have no excuse It's been out for point. 10, Marcus. Like, think, of, think of some of the really? many things when that the toy... 2010, yeah. Oh my gosh. It came out in yeah. 2010? No. Out, oh my gosh, it's 10 years old. It came out a decade ago, which I get... No, yeah, it, that's it crazy. did come out in 2010. Oh my god, it came out in 2010? Yeah. It's, we are it's been all a decade? and destined mm -hmm. to die. It's a decade old. Holy it's crazy. Gosh. But like, yeah, you know, like Toy Story, it's it's the same thing. It's toys. Hmm. Exactly. Why do why do people like that? And that's the thing is it's it's very weird to see that people are so emotionally connected to the, those toys versus Lego and and that toy. Um, but I, I I guess you could also argue that it's not that way because they managed to do it with all the different Lego movies. Um, they yeah. managed to but find. Well, yeah, it's because they it out. They, they doubled down. Exactly. Like Toy Story. I don't. I never. I didn't own any of those toys as a kid. Like I no. never had a Woody. Never had a Buzz. And my brother got a Buzz at one point. We threw him off the banister like in the first movie. <laughs> didn't end very, very well. Like think about what they do. All the toys have a very distinct personality. Mm -hmm. They're very recognizable. They take very benign situations and they make them terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like fireworks, baggage claims, garbage trucks. Those are those are just kind of everyday things for us. But they go ahead and they make them just terrifying for the actual characters in the script. 
Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys mind if I mention Toy Story Four a little bit? Because that one really surprised me. If you don't don't spoil the ending, I will leave. Okay, not not I've the ending. I won't it. spoil that. I've seen it, yeah. so but go like, ahead. The beginning scene, and I'm pretty sure this beginning scene was in a trailer. Okay, Mark's taking off the headphones. I'll give him the thumbs up when we're all clear. But um, <laughs> I can't listen. I literally have my headphones yeah. off. <laughs> That's why I'm just gonna give you the thumbs up when we're all clear. Yeah. Like, uh, at the very beginning, they have a scene where they're trying to rescue, uh, what's his face? The, the RC, RC. RC, yeah. It's a gutter. A gutter is normal and Mm -hmm. benign. I see them every day. There's water in them. Nobody cares. But they make this rescue scene where the gutter is the most terrifying thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. Which blows my mind. Because, on the one hand, they're toys. It's an animated movie. Yaws are kind of stacked against you for the, being scary, but they paint the scene so it's so terrifying and engrossing. You're sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, I hope they make it." Mm-hmm. Well, all right, spoilers are on Marcus. We're all good. But the point <laughs> being, they yeah, double I, I literally have my head Everything off. else, mm-hmm. which I think makes it work so well. And it's funny you point that out because I know at, with the finale of the Lego Movie, they do the exact same thing. Lego or not Lego? Emmett has made him his way over into you know the real world and he's seeing these humans who which are effectively monsters to him um because he's never seen them before they're massive creatures that tower over him uh he's you know he's not able to move he's paralyzed in in a sense and not able to interact with them in any way uh like it's it's the same sort of dichotomy between both those films um and yeah, I, I guess it just kind of, I, I guess a way to c- come over the fact that, yes, you're dealing with the fact that it's toys is to rest on the laurels of like, okay, so I have this tiny, this tiny little, this tiny little plastic thing in front of me. How do I realistically get across that it has emotion, that it's like alive, uh, how it would react within the world that it's posed in or within a different world, uh, one that it's not used to, um... Yeah, and you know, like Chris said, it's about like finding, finding those aspects that most people would look at and try and immediately write off, and taking them and delivering them in as far and po- a polished manner as you possibly can. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And plus, to a certain degree, you will be limited to the imagination of the viewer. Exactly. I think there's some people who they just won't see an animated movie or a brick film and they won't be able to let go of the fact that it's just toys or whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, and they all keep this uh, part pretty short because it frustrates me to no end, but <laughs> he told me, yeah, I have virtually no imagination. And when I tried to explain to him like the ending of Interstellar, we're full circle again, he just he had the hardest time trying to understand the idea that the point of the movie wasn't super accurate space travel, but so much of the concepts of humanity surviving against great odds. Yes. And the way that the narrative pokes at the imagination of the audience to get the idea across. So the, the point of that, with a very strange tangent, being that some people just will not accept that the medium or the presentation is actually worth the crap. But there yeah. are a fair amount of people who are willing to suspend, I guess, suspend their belief or suspend their bias to give the story a chance. And if you're willing to do that, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. I think that's that's no. fundamentally the biggest issue at hand is like if you are so close-minded that you can't suspend your disbelief and, you know, engross yourself into the characters, the world, what they're fighting for, like what they're doing, um ultimately like, sure you're you're ultimately your like own that, enemy in that instance. Taste. Yeah. Well, like I'm not going to crap people out about it. I mean, some mm-hmm. people just they prefer certain mediums over another. I think in our group alone, I could say in about two or three words that each of our favorite mediums of this, that, and the other thing are. But at the same time, A, it's worth branching out, be imaginative, try new things. But B, it's also good to know your audience as well and know that you're not going to please everybody with your film. Yeah, You're not Disney. You can't please everybody and everyone's still going to be mad at you. Like, <laughs> like I can speak on a deal to die for. And how I know one of the challenges I took on with the film from the get-go was the fact that, okay, I'm trying to get across the fact that there is a 
an inherently scary element to a kid's toy. How am I going to go about doing that? And that's where I... How will you go about doing that? That's where I did my best to make sure that (laughs) all the script writing and the atmosphere of the film and the characters... Your sound design have to be on point for that. Oh, yeah. Especially for a horror film. I've begun to finally start doing a rough mix, and that's one of the things... I gotta hear this, man. (laughs) Unless unless you don't want me to keep me in the suspense, I I am okay with both. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the things I, like, you know, it's it's just all those different aspects. Like, they're gonna have to play a really strong part, I think, in getting the full experience of the film across. Because, like, yeah, it's... It's a film that I think would very easily transfer over to live action. Um, And that's where I will be very interested to see if the fact that it's in this animation medium, I'm I'm interested to see if that's going to help or hinder it. Um, And I think that goes to, I, I think that's something that can kind of tie in with the fact that like, why are we seeing all these animated films getting turned into live action reboots now? Like, we've seen that a lot of these animated films can transfer into live action. And people adore both versions. Um, some some more than others. Because <laughs> I, I know I might... I feel like this is another topic in time. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I can see this going down a really deep rabbit hole. Oh, we totally could. It's it's such a broad topic. Be out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you, if you think about it, Cause the cause what the topic at hand was about um what a general question if pe- is if like if people can actually take brick films seriously and not see it as more than just cute toys moving around for me I think yes to an extent because we've seen works on YouTube that have used Lego animation before like when I say works i mean like music videos and like mm-hmm. epic rap battles <laughs> like yeah force you know that all that because because when you're when you when you're just like what a subscriber for epic rap battles like a generic viewer would be like oh cool these two are rapping but then when it's legos like whoa lego minifigures what is this but then that when you an interesting point but then when you watch like a like maybe a lego music video there's 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 always a story to a music video and it's like okay cool it's a lego animation but then but then as the music keeps going and then as like you see the visuals and how like the main character or the protagonist in that music video is like going through struggles or like conflict you're like whoa dang that's a story right there you you don't you literally would forget that is a lego animation right there that's what chris would say for the ace brickman universe Mm-hmm. The music video made me think of James K. Wood's uh, Joji recreation. Yes, uh, that I'm trying to remember the song name, but uh, I did not look at it and say, "Oh, look, cute dancing in the dark." Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's actually that song is actually low key my jam. Even I really do no like it. He, he does have some good some yeah. good tunes. <laughs> like the point being, I did not watch that and think, "Oh, you know, cute cute little Legos moving around." Far oh. from it. But like, well, there's no yeah, way to get that, rid of that like legoness, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, it's a Lego film, of course. But like, I guess the only true way to get rid of it, in my opinion, I I don't know if it's a true way, but like, the one thing that's always missing compared to like a brick film and like a live action film, of course, is literally the performance of the actor. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't really have actors in the Lego minifigure because they're limited to the to the like. The, yeah, there's there's a lot of limitations the in terms face. of movements, in terms of like yeah. facial animation. Um, you, you you usually have well, to maybe it's not so much that the minifigs limited, but that the minifigures are an actor. You're mm-hmm. the actor for the minifigure. So where you where a traditional director would rely on the actor to carry across the interpretation, you have to make it yourself as the director and animator. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would that be like a fair assessment, Marcus? Of yeah. what you were trying to as, get? As, like, I guess the best way to s- summarize it is action speaks louder than words, especially in animation. Mm-hmm. The way they move. Yes. Speaks the That's character. That's a better way to go. This is 100% true. And Chris, it's interesting you brought up the 
James K. Wood's uh, Dancing in the Dark recreation. And again, I think that falls into the, I, I know we didn't delve into it too much, but like that falls into the same camp of, you know, seeing like live action remakes of animated films. Um, it's something where like, yeah, a, a lot of it can very much be translated between one versus the other, because like more specifically with James K. Wood's uh, Dancing in the Dark music video recreation is that it's a recreation. It's a recreation of a live action film. Um, and that's something where it does, it still affects you the same way in, in both mediums. Um, I dare say that James K. Woods has a little bit more, um, emotion put into it. Uh, See, that's, I wouldn't say the same way per se. Uh, okay. So the live action one definitely, it, Ah, uh, it's hard. <laughs> like, exactly. Live, yeah. Live action this is a, such an interesting topic video, to go into. Yeah, like the live action music video certainly count, counts for giving off a certain set of emotions. It's very deliberate mm-hmm. the way he's acting, the way behind the song and the artist. The Lego recreation is more likely to spark a sense of "Hey, look, cool! It's in Lego!" before it kicks into the nitty gritty of the song. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about music videos a lot because, uh, cause a, I want to animate one and Same B, here. there are a ton of great ones to live to reference for the sake of listening. I highly recommend any of red's music videos. I just got to throw this out there. Oh Try you seen a few of them. This you know, they're great. <laughs> yeah. One of the best ones though, is the song, uh, the music video for a song called, uh, feed the machine. It's a pretty heavy song. So if it's not your jam. I totally get that. But one of the cool things about that music video is that they tell a story through the music video itself so they have mm-hmm. this ongoing story about these guys who are under attack and they kind of uh, pull up with the rest of the themes of the song a very deliberate color palette when you watch that music video you definitely get a sense of sort of tension like something's on the verge of exploding and right when the bridge and last chorus kick in it's gone full force and it feels great yeah thing is though i wanted to make a legal recreation of this for a while but i know that the minute i try it's going to be, oh, hey, cool. It's Lego <laughs> minifigures around the, you know, ex- exploding computer hardware and the fireworks. And, oh, my goodness, like the, the main guitarist and, and the main bassist are Lego minifigures now. And you can't tell them apart because they're twins. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to be the obstacle, though, with a lot of recreations. Instead of going from, oh, cute, little Lego minifigures moving around, we switch more to, like, what Marcus was saying where it's, oh, cool, it's Lego! Which is a different reaction, of course, but it might not help for your theme. Which is why, if I were to do a music video where it'd be Lego, I would deliberately use Lego as a way to uh, amplify the themes of the song. Yeah. So I took let me wrap wrap this that part up. I thought about making a music video instead of feed the machine off that same album. I'd go with the song Faceless because I mean, it's a pretty good pretty good jam, pretty upbeat. One of the themes of the song is identity and who you are when everything is stripped away from you. And one thing I can do with Lego minifigures is remove the face. So now it's no longer, oh, cool, Lego minifigures moving. It's now, oh, this is a very, this is deliberate because the minifigure there has a face or he doesn't have a face. The song is called Faceless. Mm-hmm. It's basically just very basic like that. Everyone full forces it in another direction. Mm-hmm. I think the topic basically boils down to being very deliberate exactly and there's there's no way you're going to be able to entirely 100 percent affect an audience in a certain like in the way you want them to because everyone is open to their own opinions everyone interpret thing interprets things completely differently um but yeah it, it's very telling that like you have to have your medium back up what you're trying to get across with the themes of the film and the the importance of the film um, so I guess that's kind of really all that that question boils down to. Um, if anybody has anything else to say, feel free to, uh, let us know. We, if there's some other angle to this question that we didn't really explore at all, uh, we might potentially, um, follow up on it with, uh, what anybody else has it? to yep. say. Um, it's, it's a very interesting discussion. Uh, I highly recommend, you know, if you haven't, really thought about it much throw your hat in the ring throw something out there um see what other people other people have to say about it um and hopefully it will spark some more really cool conversation because i think this yeah it's it's a very 
it's a very interesting thing to talk about. Um, well, in our line of questions, shall we kick into the uh, the thought-provoking question of the week? Yes, let's do it. So who do we have well, doing still, that? This I still week? don't remember the theme song. Like Jared hasn't been on for like two weeks, so Ghost of Jared has to uh, interject here with his theme song right now. I don't have time for a seance, Marcus. Does <laughs> <laughs> someone have a question lined up? Yes, Marcus. Actually. Go ah. for it, Marcus. Yeah, I so feel like we, I feel like we all planned a question thinking that the other two people wouldn't have a question. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> speaking of music videos, Ooh. what this actually related, sort of related to Sam's question last week, but what song would you choose that represents you? As in, okay, so a song or a music video? Song. Song. Dang, that's, hmm. It's a tricky one. That is a like, very like it could be your personality, one. or I mean, yeah, I guess it's your personality because I said it represents you as a person. Mm-hmm. I guess I can answer this. Uh, I I know if you had asked me this question, I'd say three four years ago, I without a doubt would have said Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Uh, not not because it's my favorite song ever, but I, I at that time in my life, I definitely felt like a lot of the themes of that song. Uh, related to the state that I was in at that time because I know my junior year of high school was not a fun time <laughs> but I can save that sob story for another day high school is never a fun high time school, high school is never a fun time if, if you had a fun time in high school good for you I'm happy for you you're but also like, a liar exactly I'm kidding, no. <laughs> but if you were to I'm ask me we today which I guess you have um I'd probably say it's another one of my favorite songs uh it would be dancing with myself by Billy Idol. Um, I think there's something about that song, like there, there's this kind of like theme of like, yeah, I'm kind of like my own, my own soul. I'm the world is kind of like falling down around me, but I'm you know just here doing my own thing, getting by the best way that I possibly can. Um, and I'd say that this year more than ever, that's that's fairly evident, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, like I, I guess that's the song I would have to to go with, and it's it's funny that we mentioned the whole thing about the music video stuff because that is another that is a song that I would absolutely love to make a music video for, um, and I very well might do that at some point in the future. We'll see. Um, who knows? Chris, Marcus, you're straight up killing me with this question. I am. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I want to see. I want to see Chris's answer for this. I mean, I can go next. I don't mind. Oh yeah, buy me some time, man. Yeah, please. I got you. I got you, man. Okay, so for me, if I was, I'm gonna go with what with Trev's uh, context there. If I was back then in high school with my edgy self, my my edgy meme lord self, I probably. I feel like Chris would really like this song too i'd probably go mm-hmm. with uh i think i think it's by dragon force uh through the fire and the flames mm-hmm. okay that one's a pretty legendary track yeah that that's a legendary <laughs> song and i was just like yo i will literally like okay so here's a funny story so like there was this one time in the high school right where like it was a friday it was friday afternoon we had to go to new york for like a card game tournament right and so me and my friend after school all you know classes are over everybody's like trying to go home hallways are crowded literally my me and my friend we literally just barrage through the crowd and everyone's like calling us assholes dickweed we, we just kept on going straight I, we did not give a f <laughs> we're like screw you we gotta get to new york it's like three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> So you're telling us that the fire and flames weren't so much metaphorical as they were just everybody else in the hallway. Yeah, ex- mm. exactly. I'm I'm having but to resist me, the urge right now to just air guitar, <laughs> and I'm having to resist the urge to air guitar, guitar here. You know, to the to the song. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but right now, for me, 
I think the song that would best represent me it's uh High Hopes. Oh, by Panic oh, That is a jam. Pan- no Panic Disco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. High Hopes cuz I I've I've been pretty motivated for like the past couple years kind of get my life together trying to make things work. Mhm. Better than where I'm at right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, that 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 song is a jam. Not the biggest Panic fan, but mm-hmm. that comes on and it's it's pretty. It's because it's because you're a Billy Idol fan, right? Maybe. <laughs> I know what I'm forcing you to listen oh, to man. later. I I know what I've been trying to force you to listen to for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're you're not gonna make any headway. Uh, this though. is Sorry, this is hard. See, there's quite a few songs that come to mind. The thing is, a couple songs, like they make me feel a certain way that I don't think I could actually really describe. I could try. I'd sound like a moron. I would never get the point across. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I, I'm gonna mentally cross those off the list. Do your right best, thing. man. Yeah, and there's a couple songs where they're kind of fun and upbeat, but I wouldn't say they're really like super meaningful. They're not me, you know. They're yeah. not me. I think uh, one <laughs> song that one song that really does come to mind that I have I have played a lot lately. Okay, I got cheese between two of them. We've gone down from like a bajillion different flak losses <laughs> files on my hard drive to about <laughs> two of them. And on the same album, so I'm definitely just say the same album and cheat this question. There's no cheating it. You've you've got to give a definitive answer. Okay, well there we go. There's my answer. I'm gonna go with Youth Division by Fit for a King. Uh, I know. Total shocker, Fit for a King. Fit for a King. The thing about so the album it's on, Dark Skies, is one of my favorite albums. One of the reasons I really like it so much is because it released during my first year of grad school. Mm. And my first year was horrible. I had no clue what I was doing. I could not manage my time. It was my first time like living and being an adult in the real world. And there, a whole lot of things just went wrong. I, said, I had to say goodbye to a lot of friends. A lot of people ended up going different directions. I was really miserable. And one thing about the song Youth Division, the lyrics, the lyrics are very, they alternate between clean vocals and unclean vocals. So for those who haven't heard me rant on Twitter, clean vocals are your traditional singing, and unclean vocals are screaming, roaring, etc. Like your typical. <laughs> Go and on one of the things that resonates about the song is when they're switching back and forth between the two vocals, they're describing one person two different times. How he was ideally when he was a kid, and things were upbeat and fun and bright and whatnot and then it transitions to when he's an adult and things look a lot bleaker mm-hmm. and one of the things about the song that really resonated with me at that time was the bridge the lyric is i can't turn back time but i can let it go i'm fighting back against the poison in my soul bring me back to a time where i didn't tear things down bring me back to a life where i wasn't so let down and what i realized about that is you know life you're going forward it can get miserable. It can feel awful. You can't turn back time, but you can let it go. And mm-hmm. you can eventually get to a point where some other opportunity opens. It might not be like what you left behind, but there's no guarantee it's going to be awful. Let, fact, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Yes, I love it. That is the worst way to summarize the album. I love that. You, you yeah, know me. I quote that go, all the time. I'm going to go with this song, though. <laughs> A close second would be Oblivion, but it's one where I don't want to describe it. Just go listen to it. It's great. Mm. See, this is so where go, this Marcus. is where Chris gets Maybe. you. He 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 makes he he's <laughs> like, ooh, there's there's some cool little thing they do with this this cool little song here. You should totally go listen to it, and then it blows your eardrums off. Okay. On that note, <laughs> Youth no, Division no, at the very not, end of no, the chorus no. has a key change. <laughs> It changes from one key to another. Mm. It's very dramatic. Okay. I don't think you're okay. allowed to do that in metal okay, songs. Okay, Chris. But they did. Okay. You Actually, started, and it's Trev. This it's is funny. It's head. funny you mentioned like the context sort of for um, uh, for that song because like we, you know at least like with your, the personal meaning it has for you because uh, I realized I talked about that with Bo Rap but not with Dancing with Myself. Um, there there wasn't. The, the first time I'd ever heard the song was when it's featured very prominently during the opening of Flushed Away. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So that was the first time I'd ever like heard the song was in that movie. Oh, don't tell um, me you fell in the bathroom. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
No. Hey, you make fun of my song. I make fun of your song. Uh, Marcus laughs at us both. That's that's fair. But um, no, like that actually that that song that happened to come on on the drive home for my high school graduation. Um, it was it was very weird how that happened because I was like it was like, like it was just it was entirely by chance. It was the radio. It's like the universe was speaking to me. Because you, know you, you, you so already know, like the whole graduation? ride home, I was just jamming out to that song because. That was at the like that was the point where I was like, yeah, I'm out of high school, you know, I'm moving on to college. I'm gonna have this whole new path ahead of me, and I'm really excited for it and ready to just make the most of it. Um, and it was just, I guess, the universe was just speaking to me there. It was quite interesting. Was the, the DJ? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. That's the thing about radio, though. The, the the few songs they play repeatedly, you just stop it, please. <laughs> no, not dancing with my song. Are, are, are you allowed to pick a song other than the one you just played three songs ago? Stop. You know what stop. they played so many times at my graduation? Oh, no. It was 2015. You know what they played? Gangnam oh, no, Style. When I See You Again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh I don't want to see these people that... again. I don't want to see class of 2015 <laughs> again, please. Oh, that, that's the whole point of me graduating. Yeah, I'm not a fan yeah. of that song, so I, I feel your pain there. Top oof. I would have played that at my graduation. We actually... I, uh... I probably should have closed my graduation with another Fit for King song, Slave to Nothing. Slave to Nothing. <laughs> or Kill the Pain. Or the final thoughts of a dying man. I don't know. One of those three. <laughs> this is going down a horrible route. We should probably close this. Yeah, off. that would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Top oof, as they say. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode of the Frame 100 podcast. If you have any thoughts on any of the topics we discussed today, mine's the one that we mentioned one minute ago, please leave a comment or tag us on Twitter with hashtag Frame100Podcast. We'd also like to thank Lots of Toast for the awesome theme music. Please go check out his channel and support his work. If you want to hear more from us, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Until then, stay tuned for our next episode, and keep brick filming! <laughs>